Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, Mrs. Marissa Lonick. How are you this morning, Marissa? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you on. Marissa Lonick is a keynote speaker. She's a life and business coach. She's a three-time author, top-rated podcast host, and the founder of Mama Work It. After spending nearly 15 years in corporate leadership positions, Marissa shifted gears to become a full-time Tom Momager and Biz Momager. Through her books, courses, and coaching programs, she helps busy moms juggling mom life, work life, wife life, fill-in-the-blank life. Her time management and goal achievement strategies have helped the most overwhelmed mamas turn their dreams into reality, and even when they thought they had no time to make any of it happen. Marissa's mission is to empower moms to manage their time and fulfill their dreams. Such a great bio. I cannot wait to dive into a lot of that there. But before we do that, let's do my icebreaker round. What is your favorite book? Okay, I have a few. Can I name a few? <laughs> you <Okay>. Sure. <laughs> uh, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Enough by Elizabeth Lyons. And Feed Your Moon by my friend and personal astrologer, Crystal B. Wow. Never heard of the last two, but I love Elizabeth Lyons. And yeah. the last one, what is, is that, does that kind of tie into like, like your astrology or your energy levels? Is that like what that's about? Absolutely. Yeah. So it is, it's really like a guide to better understand where you're at on the astrological chart, kind of what skin you're in is how she describes it because we're constantly sort of changing the skin that we have in astrology. So it is fascinating and I would highly recommend it if that is something that intrigues you. It does. Okay, cool. What is your superpower or powers? Probably like getting stuff done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's really where my business started. So yeah, I would have to say that. Awesome. If you could travel back in time, what period or year would you like to go to? Okay, so I think I would go to the 70s, and here's why. I feel like the 70s, in the 70s, women could actually do stuff. So I don't want to go too far back where I'm too sheltered because that wouldn't work for me. I feel like the 70s were a lot of fun. There's a lot of freedom and like fun things to do. And the fashion, like the fashion was kind of hot. So yeah, I'm a little worried like what I might do in the 70s, but you know, I still think it would be fun. <laughs> It's so true because the 70s was definitely a, a, a nice experimental time yes. period. What are the values that guide you and your family? I would say our intentionality and in spending time together. We're a big family. We're six people here in our nuclear hub. And we make it a point to always like have dinner time together, you know, do things together on the weekend. I mean, it's not all weekend, every weekend, but, you know, we definitely ensure that we've planned at least one thing where we're all in it together and supporting and encouraging each other. Like we're really, we're really pro trying new things, you know, encouraging the kids to like get outside their comfort zone, encouraging each other to do that too. So yeah. Awesome. And finally, what has motherhood taught you? To be more flexible because <laughs> the plan never goes as planned anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's all. Yep. 150%, but in a beautiful way and sometimes chaotic way. And I think when you're a new mom, it can get very overwhelming because you might not be used to that. And you're like, wait, wait, what? 
And even though people tell you that it, until you're in it, I think you're like, oh, that's what they meant. That's what they meant. So yeah, definitely can can get that. Okay, so before we kind of dive into Mama Work It and you're an author and all of these great things, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit more about you? I know you said you're a family of six and then we'll kind of get into maybe you jumping or pivoting from corporate career to becoming an entrepreneur. So Marissa Lonick, as you said, I have four boys. They are ages eight, eight, four, and two. My first two are twins, as you probably guessed. They're identical twins. That was shocking to learn when uh, I found out I was pregnant the first time. Such a blessing, though. We are originally from New York, so East Coasters, but we live in the Bay Area now in California. I moved out here with my family in 2016 to obtain a new job. I had a, I got a job promotion, so... That is why we ended up out here and we absolutely love it. And what else? Married for 12 years now and I don't know, bicultural. I was raised from an Italian dad, American mom. My first language was Italian, lived in Italy as a kid, lived in New York. So I could talk about myself all day. <laughs> no, I love that. I love when I hear, you know, people are like they had another language as their first language, you know, and I feel like there's so much to unpack there of like, well, how did that affect your life? But yes, you're right. Let's let's go because that could be a whole nother part too. Okay, so you moved to California for a job, but then you are now an entrepreneur. So tell me about that transition and what made you create that and having twins and you have four boys. So that whole, you know, bubble and thing of you have with your family, how was that transition for you? And what made you want to create Mama Work It? In 2016, I was offered this job promotion. And at the time, I I would say I was feeling okay with life. You know, I, I'm an ambitious woman. So while I was happy with my career, I wasn't feeling totally fulfilled. Like I wanted growth. I wanted to move up in the corporate world. And <clears throat> along the, I wanted growth. I wanted to move up in the corporate world, yet I didn't want to sacrifice motherhood for that because I really wanted to be a present all-in mom. And at the time in New York, my job allowed a lot of remote work, which was not the norm in 2016 for most companies. So I really valued that. Yet the other side of me was like, we want to move up here. We want to like keep growing professionally. So I got this job promotion offer and was unsure what to do, right? It was across the country. It would be commuting daily. It would be in a new environment, right? A more challenging job. And I really like really agonized over the decision and initially actually turned it down and then was just plagued with regret. And a few days later, you know, like emailed my boss at the time and was like, please reconsider me. And, you know, they did. And we ended up moving. And what I realized when I got here, I was so worried about not having time for the kids, for my husband, for myself. What I realized when I got here was like, oh, no, I can make this work. Like, this is different. It's not necessarily harder. It's just different. So I was instituting like new ways of managing my time, you know, maximizing efficiency, becoming way more intentional. And I found that I was actually feeling so much more fulfilled and even better in life, even though I was in this position that wasn't as like comfy cozy when I was in New York. And what happened from there? I was working with a coach. I was thinking about ways to kind of fulfill some creative outlets that I wanted to do. And so I started blogging. I started blogging for like the working mom community, told literally no one about this blog. It was like an online journal. I don't know. I was just really like afraid to share it with the world, but it was a really nice way for me to sort of get that energy out and really feel like I was helping people, even though no one was reading it. And then a few years into that, I was, I had given birth to my third son, was heading back to work and felt like... I wanted to shift gears. Like I still loved my job, but I wanted to support this environment in a way that I felt like was lacking in the world, right? So I ended up creating Mama Work It. I started blogging, you know, continuing blogging. I developed a course. I wrote the time management book and it really kind of went from there. And I did this as a side hustle for three years 
before I took the leap and left the corporate world and went full force into it. And that's, that's really just because it was working for me. You know, like I liked my full-time job. I liked doing the side hustle and it all was working out just fine. And until it wasn't, until it didn't feel aligned anymore. And that's when I took the step. And how was that to say, did you have any guilt to say, wow, I actually moved my family to California for this job and now I'm about to leave it. Obviously having a partner that supports you is 150% because that's a major move to say, you know what? Yeah, like um, this isn't working for me. Tell me a little bit about that. Totally. I, I love this question. I, I've never gotten it, but I think it's so relevant. So my husband was always really supportive of the move. He was the one who encouraged me that weekend when I was in a funk and he was like, let's just try it you know and he ended up you know very easily thankfully getting a job here when we moved and he actually grew quite tremendous professionally here too so it really worked out to his benefit as well which i think had it not it could have been very different so you know we'd been here at that time for 5 years so he was really well established by that point in his career like on the west coast and it was it wasn't really a factor that we thought about anymore like oh yes we moved here for my job but now this was kind of home so i would say maybe that thought crossed our mind but we were pretty settled in the sense that like we you know had bought our home our kids were in the schools like we felt like we would probably stick around and he was doing you know great and growing in his career so it kind of shifted in that sense right like it went it aligned. Like, yeah. And it went from like me being sort of like the breadwinner and reason for the move on one hand. And then it shifted. And, you know, I think that's part of like marriage. That's part of life. It's just going to like ebb and flow and change directions and who's leading now and who's not leading now. And so that's just kind of where we were at in that season. I love that because actually we just went on a family vacation and it was like my sister, her husband, my parents, my mother-in-law. And it was really, really awesome. And we were talking about traditional family roles and how things have shifted. And I was like, gosh, I was like, my husband and I, like, we don't consider ourselves traditional, but it ended up working like that. So like I cook, you know, he does the outside work. So we were talking about that. I'm like, but it's only because those are my strengths and his strengths aren't to cook. It just so happened to be that way. He wasn't like, no, you have to cook. And I felt whatever, just what it was. Yeah. And also the part of marriage, I think you hit the nail on the head, the ebbs and flows. So look at that. You were the breadwinner. You were the one who had the X, Y, Z things pivot. Now he's growing in his career. And now you're like, Hey, I'm this. And he's like, no, go for it. Like that is so beautiful to hear. And anytime I have women come on the show who have their own business or who are successful, ambitious, I love when you know, they mentioned their partners, spouses, because I feel like, yeah, like I couldn't do, as I'm sure you feel, what I do without my husband and how you can have that back and forth and saying, no, it's okay. No, you lead this time. You know what? I got this. And you're working off your strengths, your, your weaknesses at the moment or falling back. And maybe you have to give more like, and I think that is the beauty of marriage. I just kind of wanted to touch base on that because I think in our generation, like we're very lucky to have that. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. So tell me, if you're a mom who wants to start or grow your business, what's the single thing you must do to make it happen? And then we're going to jump into what you do as a time momager. I would say if you are a mom who wants to start, grow your business, if you are anyone who wants to start or grow your business, you need consistency. Consistency is the root of all of it. Why? Because you need to be consistent, A, for your clients, right? Like you have to show up regularly. If you say you're going to do something, you have to deliver. So on the external end, you got to earn that trust with your clients, right? You got to show up in their inbox every week if you promise to send a newsletter. You got to show up on social all the time if you want to be at the forefront when they're scrolling, right? You got to mail the the product or deliver the service in time just like you said you would you know you got to deliver the book whatever it is you got to be consistent in that sense yet on the other side of this you need to be consistent with yourself because in the beginning stages of running a business and nikki i know you can attest to this it is hard like there are many days and i i don't i mean i've been in business now almost four years but i still feel this there are many days where you're just like I don't know. <laughs> You're doubtful. Like you are like, should I throw in the towel? Like, I, you know, it's, it's really challenging sometimes. 
And the only way you can actually ensure that your business is going to stay alive on the days where you're doubting things or you don't feel as motivated as you'd like is consistency, building the habits, showing up regularly, putting in the hours. If you're running it as a side hustle, you know, committing to X number of things you're going to do every week or every month or whatever works for you. It doesn't have to be that you're, you know, eating, living, breathing your business as long as you're showing up consistently in a sustainable way that works for your life. Oh, I love that. Cause yeah, I think it has to work for your life and what works. So you might have little ones that still wake up in the middle of the night. So maybe you're not getting up at five o'clock in the morning because you didn't have good sleep, but you pick what works and you're consistent with it. I love it. So time momager having four kids, I'm sure. Well, like you said, you blogged about it and you said, look, you had something to say, right? You're, you're, you need that outlet. And you're talking about that. Walk me into that process of creating your book and then how that transpired into you now being a coach and the specific services that you provide for women. For my listeners who don't know, Marissa and I know each other from Instagram. So I see the work that you're doing. Talk about that. Yeah. So time management, the book started, you know, from, I love to write. It's a passion I have. I was blogging. I had created this course and I felt like it was a personal and professional goal. A, I wanted to fulfill. So kind of selfishly, I wanted to write the book for that reason. And then selflessly, I just felt like I had more to say than, you know, a thousand word blog post sometimes. And I felt like, the blog was a great platform to get a lot of information out there in like small bits, but I felt like the book could make an even bigger impact. You know, I I got really vulnerable in the book. I shared a lot of stories, personal stories, and I'm a pretty private person. So you can imagine like the day after that book came out, I had like a total vulnerability hangover. I was like, oh my God, people are actually going to read it. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just felt like I wanted to create an even bigger impact. I had a lot more to say, personal goal, and that's really where that stemmed from. And then from the book being published and the best feedback, by the way, that I got on that book that I still get today is the relatability factor, which mm -hmm. to me was everything. You know, like even if you didn't love this or love that, if you can tell me it was relatable, I feel like I've done my job. And so, yeah, from there, I developed the time management four-week program, which is really designed to take you from overwhelmed to empowered. You know, if you're feeling like you are stuck in the on the hamster wheel, if you're feeling like you have no time for yourself, if you're feeling like your schedule is out of control, like this program will get you to a place where you are like completely empowered, making time your be, like owning your day, owning your goals and getting it done. And these are tried and true programs and systems that you put in place based on your own. You have four children. So how does that work? And, and I hate to use this word where it looks like someone has it all together online because, you know, we know everything ah, is like online. Some days, then, but not yeah. every day. <laughs> You know, but it's the truth is like, no, we're, we all have our moments, but you do look like you have your systems and I can tell that you're someone who, yeah, no, this is what my thing is. So talk about that. And let's say for someone like me or someone like I get overwhelmed at times yeah. where, and I just have one, you know, and I'm just mentally drained and exhausted. How could you work through someone like that, like me and some of the systems you've taken from what you've done to help your clients? Completely. Yeah. So I think the way I work with people is a mix. I like to obviously give you practical life hacks, practical tools that you can implement, practical, practical goals, things like that, that we're going to go through and discuss, whether that be one-on-one -on -one coaching we're doing or in the time management program. And then we're going to pair that with a lot of internal work. We're going to talk about our relationship with time. We're going to talk about mindset shifts when it comes to time coming at it from a, a mindset of abundance rather than a mindset of scarcity. For example, you know, you always hear people say, and I'm sure you say this, I used to say this all the time, I don't have time. Those four words comes up multiple times per day. We feel it. It's like in our bones. And that is a scarcity mindset with time. That is you believing and you in, and then from that belief acting out in a way that makes you feel like there is never enough time for the things that you want to do. And when we come at it like that, when we have that type of relationship with time, 
That's our truth. That's what it is. And we kind of live in this really low bar normal of us being able to actually do the things we want, fulfill the goals, you know, show up as the mom, show up as the wife, show up as the human being. So in order, like for us to be able to really get down to the root of this and really exit this program or exit this coaching, you know, contract, not contract, that's the wrong word, but exit this coaching session period. period. Yeah. Yeah, we are together is for us to obviously get the practical things in place, the organization, organizational tools, but also do the deep rooted work there. You know, are we feeling worthy enough to receive support? Are we feeling confident enough to ask for that support? You know, flipping the script on, I don't, I don't need help because society has painted the picture that I can do it all or I can do it all, but do I want to do it all? No, hell no. I don't want to do it all. But I probably could. Awesome. That's what we do. Yeah, that's yeah. what we do. <laughs> but no, yeah. to have that pressure to be on. I mean, like I said, I think our generation is very lucky. I look at my mom. My mom had to take care of two households. My sister and I, my my dad and her parents as her parents age. And I'm like, I don't know how she did that without any self-care. I don't even think I've seen my parents go on a date. I'm like, how? How did they do that? You know, and I know that could be well, a whole nother thing. Didn't oh, that affect you? Didn't that affect you? Yeah. I lived that too. I see the effects on her now because I'm like, Ma, what do you do? And she's like, well, I, I want to watch TV because she doesn't know what she likes to do. You know, she lost herself in raising two families. And I look back and I'm like, wow. So again, I'm just so thankful that there's women like you, women like me, that we're in this space of trying to empower each other to not relive those generational curses of that, the trauma of that. And, you know, they did their best and it's just doing what they learned and what they had to do. For sure. For sure. You know? Yeah. No, no shame, no blame in that. But I, I want to bring that up because I feel like we were probably raised in similar backgrounds in that sense of like the, and many listeners probably were too. Like the mom is very selfless. The mom doesn't do nice things for herself. The mom doesn't go on dates with the dad, you know, and things like that. And so that felt like the norm to us when we got married and we had our kids initially. And then we were like, something flipped, right? Like we were like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good. And so actually doing those things, what are we doing? We're setting the bar. We're setting the expectation for our kids as to what the new normal is and what it should be, right? Yeah, for sure. And just what a hundred percent, like I said, that could be a whole nother podcast because I think it goes deep. That's that's a deep level of, of thinking and how, yes, we then pass to our children a great example. Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and under-recognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career? Ashley Perret, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career in your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. What are the top four words moms say every day when it comes to managing their time? Yeah. I, I gave you a spoiler. Sorry. I don't have time. I don't have time. Yeah. And so what I like to do when I hear this often, because I don't have time, it, it's a belief. It's an excuse, honestly. And like, I hate to be sort of like slap you in the face, like wake you up in that way, really direct approach because it's tough to get out of that mindset, but really that's all it is. It's a mindset. And if you honestly feel that, well, we need to shift things in your priority level. We need to shift kind of how you're looking at it. So what I like to do with with people when I hear this with clients is I like to dare you, kind of challenge you to change the language you're using. So instead of saying, I don't have time, I want you to start saying, it's not a priority to me with that thing. So we can fill that in with anything really. Let's take exercise. That's when I hear often. I don't have time to work out. I used to say this too. And when I started shifting it to it's not a priority to me, something changed. 
right? So either you can go either one of two ways with this. So if you say it out loud in this way, you could either feel like, well, you know what? It's not. <laughs> it's actually not a priority to me. Like I got a baby who's not sleeping through the night or, you know, I'm going through a really challenging season at work or, you know, I just got over being sick, whatever it is, right? And what happens when you say that is like you immediately feel lighter. You feel like the guilt the guilt has lifted and you're like owning the fact that you're not working out. It's not that the time is getting in the way of you not working out. It's like, no, actually, I'm just not making it a priority right now, and that's cool, and I'm moving on. So that's one way you might feel. The other way you might feel when you say it out loud is you're going to like feel icky. <laughs> you're going to feel like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Working out, my health, my exercise, that actually is important to me. So I better start making it a priority. And what's going to happen? It's going to propel you to look at your calendar, to look at your day, to look at how you're actually spending your time and figure out where you're going to fit that in and make it part of your life. I love that. I think I had taken like your time management. You had like the- Oh, the, the five-day challenge. Yes. Yeah. And I remember hearing that and actually I have used that. And I was like, God, she's so right. And I had to let go of the, the have the grace for myself and say, yes, this actually isn't a priority who this is, I better figure out a way how, because it's making me feel bad because I know it's a priority and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, right? It is all psychological. So you definitely inspired that in me. Um, so to my listeners, that, that mindset definitely does work. What is your take on multitasking? Yes. Okay. So do you multitask? Yes. I feel... <laughs> I feel like when I ask this question, everyone always answers like in this very guilty yes sort yeah, of I'm way. Like, is this right or wrong? Like it's funny because my husband and I have these conversations and I can multitask, but I've also, again, I've taken lots of courses and master classes and I know they say you really shouldn't. And truthfully, you can't. I feel like what well, you answer first and we'll see if we're aligned and I'll tell you because I, okay. I do feel like it depends. I feel like we're on the same wavelength here, so I'm excited to hear your answer, but okay. I agree. I am definitely in the personal development world. I love following all these really successful business people, really successful mompreneurs even. Most of the, actually, most of the personal development people I follow are not moms, so I'm going to go more with that route. So when I hear a lot of these folks chatting about multitasking, I'm in agreement. The consensus is not to right? Almost everybody you follow out there who is like a millionaire doing their thing is telling you not to. So, and, and I have a lot of respect for these people because I value their opinion. Like I value their content. I see they are the prime example. Like they are a couple steps ahead of where I want to be. Like, so I'm all in for it, but I also keep it real. Like I have four little kids here. I don't have a staff helping me every single day right? I'm not at that level yet where I can hire support for any and everything that I need, which I'm sure when you get to that level, like those individuals are, you're doing that. And there's no shame in that. Like, good for you. I'm, I'll, I'll see you there one day. But for now, that's not my reality. So I feel like when you're a mom, when you're in business or when you're a working mom or when you're even just momming your empire at home, the multitask, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. But the thing is, when you do multitask, oftentimes, what do you feel? You end up feeling like frazzled, overwhelmed, you're not fully present, and it ends up making you like stressed out. And I think that that in itself is because we're multitasking the wrong things. So my mantra with multitasking is you multitask the mindless, the things that you do on autopilot, the things that come super easily, naturally to you, the things that if you mess them up, the world would not fall apart. What am I, what do I think of when I, when I do this? Like laundry, dishes, household things, packing lunches, like all the things that you could do like with your eyes closed, right? And I like to even pair those things or tell people to pair those things with something you enjoy. Maybe you listen to this podcast while you're doing those things. Maybe you, you know, are listening to an audiobook. Maybe you're catching up with a friend on the phone while you're cleaning your kitchen, you know, and it's like, oh, that task just went by so much more joyfully and quickly. And I was able to do something that I enjoyed for me during that time. And then you solo task the things that are important to you. You solo task the mindful, 
So multitask the mindless, solo task the mindful. Solo task the things that are in line with your values, right? For us, it's that mealtime. We don't have cell phones out during mealtime. We're having conversations. Sometimes the conversation is like sit down a hundred times, but that's the conversation. It's what it is, you know? I solo task work projects. I know there's a lot of moms who work and take care of their kids at the same time. I'm not a fan of that. Personally, it doesn't work for me. If that works for you, great. I feel like those are two very important things in my life, my children and my work, and they both need my full attention. And if I can help it, I'm not going to try and multitask those things. Are there days where it comes up that I have to do this or that and my kids are around? Sure. This is life. Life happens. But, you know, I I choose to have childcare in place and during those hours compartmentalize the majority of my work because it's important to me. And it's also important to me when I'm with my kids that I'm not on my phone or on my screen and I'm paying attention to them. So those are just some examples that I wanted to share. Love it. And uh, yes, we're hundred percent aligned. I actually realized that because I have amazing things in works with my podcast and the motherhood village that have just been organically happening. And it's like the universe telling me that you need to go this way. But I also was doing my consulting business because I mean, that's really my bread and butter. That's what I do professionally. I'm an accountant and I do bookkeeping work and all of these things, but I was trying to do both at the same time of growing. And I kept telling my husband, yep, 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 I can do it. So just recently when we come back from this vacation, I'm like, babe, I feel like I'm like this little hamster trying to do both and the consulting and the motherhood village are both just going like this. So of course he's looking at me like, didn't I tell you? I was like, you did, but hear me out. I was like, and this goes with the multitasking because I thought I can grow both at the same time. And I realized no. And to your point, the motherhood village truly, truly is what uplifts me. I have such great ideas. Like I said, things that I'm doing within the community. I don't know. I just got this epiphany that I was like, you know what? I think for the next quarter, April to June, I'm going to focus on that. I still have my consulting clients, but I'm not going to work on growing that business. Again, that's my what I get paid to do and all of these things. So I'm like, that'll be my job, but I'm not going to go out and purposely try to get clients. I said, and then see what happens. So to your point, it's like, yeah, I think in that way, I was like, I can't multitask these two businesses and expect them both to boom. I need to focus on one and give 100%. Just as you said, when you're with work, you're doing work. And when you're with your children, if you try to do both at the same time, something is going to not feel right. And you do, then you start feeling pressure because you're like, wait, I got to answer this email, but my child is calling my name and then you get frustrated and it's a whole domino effect. So yeah, I agree. But then yes, those mindless tasks, if I'm walking, riding my bike, or maybe not riding my bike because I try to have my ears open to listen because I'm riding. But if I'm walking, I'll listen to a podcast. If I'm doing the dishes, those kind of things, it's like, no, I, I need to knock a couple things out at one time. So I have to multitask. So 150%, I agree just took me some time to realize that I was like, yeah, no, I know I'm like very ambitious, but I, I can't grow those two things at the same time. It's going to, it's going to be like, I'm chipping away each one. And I'm like, I think I need to focus on one. That's an amazing realization. And I just want to say, I wonder, like you have to update us if now that you're going into this stage of being really committed to the motherhood village and growing that and, and feeling really in, in alignment internally, I wonder if the clients will just flow in your consulting business because when you're aligned, things just happen, right? The universe delivers. When you're going against the current, that's when life feels hard. <laughs> well, funny enough, as soon as I made that realization, the Parklander, which is a local newspaper, messaged me literally that Monday and was like, we want to do a, a Mother's Day story on you and your podcast. And I was like, oh, wait, what? You see? And I got the chills I and I was like, chills. <laughs> I was like, wow. And my consulting business, one of my clients, she's like, yeah, we want you to do this monthly. Well, before it was kind of like project based. And I was like, oh my God, thank Nikki. you. Right? Like it's crazy. Yes. So it's so true. And you saying that, which is why it was a big realization. And, you know, I, I laugh with my husband because you know, he will have those conversations. He's like, didn't I tell you that three months ago? And I'm like, I know, but I had to go through it. I had to understand. I just had to. So I'm glad that we had that conversation about multitasking because to the moms out there, you don't have to do it all. And actually, no, like you said, hey, if it works for you, do it. I just know for me, I get frustrated and then I get frustrated at me because then I feel guilty. And then I know I'm taking it out on my child because my energy has just shifted. 
Completely. Yeah. And I know I, I see it online all the time, right? The moms who are like with the baby in one arm and typing in the other. And I'm like, hey, okay, do it. This doesn't work for me. Listen, if there are times the baby's sick and you have to, for sure, there are exceptions to the rule. But yeah, to make it an everyday thing, I think I'd go crazy. I'd be too stressed. It would be too much. It would be too much. So the mamas, yeah. if you're doing it, bow down to you. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about what's next for Mama Worker, and I don't know how much you can share because I know you posted some things on your Instagram that I'm super excited for you. Are you publishing your second book? Are you in the middle of writing it? Talk about all that great stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's see. We've got the Biz Management book that is due to come out very soon. I'm not sure when this will air, but very soon. And that is called Biz Management, The Working Mom's Guide to Go from Employee to Entrepreneur. So this book was written for the mom who right now is feeling like she wants to either start her side hustle or grow her side hustle and turn it into her main hustle and just wants tips, support, mindset shifts, vulnerable stories once again to be able to have the courage and the strategy to make that happen. So you know, based on a lot of personal experience in there, you know, with that co- sort of coaching style that I like to do. And yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I've been writing that. It's done. It's written, edited. It's in the final stages now. So it is coming out very, very soon. You know, we're doing cover design and formatting and all those things. And yeah, and then we've got Biz Management Club that recently launched, and that is a membership program for that person, for that mom who is looking to start or grow her business. It is a community of like-minded mompreneurs. It is resources, training videos, monthly group coaching sessions, monthly live expert webinars led by, you know, industry leaders there that you can come to, you can ask your questions, and weekly accountability so that you are staying focused and motivated and you're on those days when you're feeling doubtful, you know, you have me, you have that encouragement and support to keep going. Awesome. And do you want to talk about the motherboard that you joined? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I joined the motherboard. Yes. Thank you for that reminder. Yes. So I have teamed up with uh, Mother Honestly. And they have this program called the Motherboard where you can access a plethora of experts. I mean, there are just so many amazing women on the panel there. And you can book 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, even up to an hour with any of these experts, so myself included, and pick our brain. You can ask for advice. You can ask for support. You can ask for like hypothetical questions. You know, like the floor is yours and we are there to support you in that space. That's so awesome. When I saw that, that you posted with Mother Honestly, I was like, what? So happy for you and just rooting for you because I followed Mother Honestly for a long time and have just been blown away at seeing that growth, you know, with Blessing and all that she's done with it. So when I saw you be a part of that, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I was just, yeah, super excited. She's so wonderful. Absolutely. She was recently a guest on my podcast and I just love her passion for what she's doing, and I can't wait to see, you know, the growth that they experience there. A hundred percent. So before we kind of go into what you do for yourself, do you have any other final thoughts on talking about Mama Work It or time management or anything like that? Ooh, you're giving me the floor for this? (laughs) I feel like I could talk all day about this. Well, let's see. Hmm. I would say if you are... Well, I would say this. Okay. So my whole philosophy with time management, because I think when you think time management, I don't know about you, but like what comes to mind for me is like very rigid systems, like spreadsheets, like inflexibility, really boring routines. And I just want to say that is far from how I teach time management because my whole philosophy is time management, right? It is quite different. It is really geared for the mom. It is really geared for the mom who wants to be, wants to feel like she's got it together. But the root of all that is us. So as moms, we've already got, we've already, we're already probably doing a really good job managing time and schedule for everyone around us, everything around us. Think about it. Think of all the things you do every day. 
right? You're like the organizer at home for all the meals, probably. I mean, at least in my house, I am. You are the one who keeps the social calendar of like all the birthday parties. And then you got to buy the gift and get the card and make sure it's wrapped and all, you know, and drive to the party. What about the sports? All the sports practices are like gymboree's or all those things that you might be doing, right? Then there's the family obligations. Then there's work. Hello, your career or like your business or just managing the household. If you're a stay-at-home mom, that is the hardest job, I believe, out of everything and pays the least. And, you know, you've just, you've got a really heavy mental load and you're already kind of doing all these things and probably doing a damn good job at it. But where are you fitting into that? right? Are you, are you feeling good every day? Are you waking up motivated and excited? Are you going to sleep feeling accomplished and proud? I think for a lot of moms, that may not be the case. Like even though they're doing all these things, they are feeling foggy and cloudy a lot. They are going to bed feeling like defeated, like they didn't actually get through the things they wanted to get done that day. And a lot of that stems from them not prioritizing themselves, not even knowing what their interests or hobbies or goals are, and feeling selfish for making that those things priorities. So that's really the root concept behind time management, and that is where kind of this all began. I love that because I am a spreadsheets girl, and it can get overwhelming. So I love that you have a different approach to it and, it and it does make sense it's not time management it's time management as a mom because our management of time is completely different than a person who doesn't have children just completely different like you said you just listed a minor thing of the things that we have to add to just survive just getting up in the morning and having a regular day right so thank you for, right. for talking about that okay so habits how do you make time for self-care Oh, yeah. So one, I'm a big fan of a morning routine. I feel like having a solid morning routine changes your whole day. It just gets you in the right frame of mind. It, you're able to get some self-care in before you're really spending basically the entire day caring for everyone else. And to me, that's just a non-negotiable. So my morning routine, it varies. Some days it's longer and I'm doing a workout and I'm doing, you know, like the whole shebang, right? And other days it's 10 or 15 minutes of like journaling or meditation or like something just super quiet and not just kind of being in my own headspace without the clutter of all the things that I have to get done that day, right? So I would say as a mom, that is one habit you should absolutely start. Start waking up before your kids. Even if you have little kids, even if they wake up early, I know it's hard. Trust me, I know it's hard. I used to be a snoozer. I used to be someone who got woken up by you know a toddler face inches from mine. It is not the way to go. Even if you give yourself 10 minutes in the morning, think about what you would love to do with that time for yourself. Even if it's like drinking a hot cup of coffee alone, you know, whatever it is, do it. I have a whole episode on like my top 10 best morning routine tips that, you know, if you want to link it, that that's awesome. So that's one way. Uh, second way is I recognize when I need self-care. So like, you know, there are some days are harder than others, right? Some days my nervous system is just shot at five o'clock. So when my husband gets home, I have to say to him like, hey, I need to go for a walk or I need to like go for a drive or I need to like lock myself in the room for 15 minutes or whatever it is because I feel it in my bones, right? And I know what I need in that moment. And for a lot of moms, I think that's recognizable, but I think we don't always act on it. I think we just try and push through, right? We got to push through because it's time to make dinner. Or we got to push through because we got to do homework with the kids or we got to push through because this isn't on the schedule. But what happens when you push through all the time is that you end up showing up as like a not great version of yourself. You snap at your kids, right? You're really impatient. You yell. You feel resentful toward your partner, like all the things, right? And nobody wants that version of you. And you, I guarantee, probably feel crappy after you deliver that version of yourself. So really, when you can recognize that what you need in that moment is some type of self-care and you can actually ask for it and guilt-free go do it for yourself, that's a huge accomplishment and a huge 
total shift of how you're managing your life right there. I think what's so key is that you're like, whatever the self-care looks like for you, if you need to go to yes. walk at that moment, maybe you need to just go into your room, just have the lights off and whatever that looks like for you that you need to act upon it. And I think that's so important. But how do you relax and unwind? I think that varies too. I have to say, kind of like self-care, I'm in total agreement with that. I think it looks different on different days, different seasons, different times of day. And I feel like relaxing and unwinding is the same for me. Sometimes relaxing and unwinding is exactly what you think it is. It's like a Netflix and pass out. Sometimes that is being social with friends and going out. And sometimes, to be honest, it's like getting something done in my house that's been bugging me. Because I know after I do it, I'm going to feel so damn good. So like sometimes it's like doing a little spring cleaning here. We're on spring break right now. And yesterday I like organized this bin of just a disaster of old Halloween costumes. And I just felt so good after I did that. That was my relaxation for that moment. That was my form of self-care for that moment. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, but no, think about it. Think about when you organize like your linen closet or your pantry, how good you feel <laughs> after that task is done. It's so true. I said that on a podcast once as well. I forgot who I was talking to, what the context was, but I basically said, I said, you know what? I should probably fold those towels in that basket. And that's what I did to unwind and kind of my self-care. And I felt amazing because it was something, it had been piled up. I had, I, I don't know, maybe I did it Sunday. I had washed the towels and it's like Wednesday and I'm like, freaking A, this basket is still here. Yeah. And once I sat down to actually do it, I was like, oh, that felt amazing. And I was like, you know what? I think I need to do that. So to your point, no, it does. I mean, yeah, maybe not in the grandest gesture that you want to have your whole life saying that rearranging your pantry or getting things done in your house is your self-care. But if at that moment, it's going to make you feel good, honey, go for it. Before we wrap up here, do you want to talk about maybe anything you do outsource? I know for me, we outsource, we have a, a cleaning woman that comes. I've had that for quite a while now. It was a game changer for me. That was another thing growing up, which was hard. My mother cleaned. My mother was the one on her knees with a toothbrush. Like no one can clean like me. And I had guilt with that for a while, you know, that my mother would come and maybe judge like, oh, you had the cleaning lady come. Oh, you didn't clean, to you know, type of thing. I mean, obviously I'm past that now. We've talked and my mom's like, no, you have to do what you have to do. But that is something I had. So do you want to talk about maybe some things that you outsource and then maybe any other systems that have worked for you? If you want to mention maybe any systems or things that you outsource. Absolutely. And I am in full agreement with the cleaning service. I was in the same boat my every Saturday growing up. That's what we did. My mom and I clean in the house and, you know, I think I'm pretty good at cleaning, honestly, because of that, I have a high standard and I had to let go of that a little bit because the, the bottom line is I don't want to spend my Saturday cleaning with my kids. That's not what I want to do. So, you know, yes, it's an expense, but it's well worth it. It's well worth the time investment of me being able to take the kids to the park and do this or do that on a Saturday and not think about the house. It's worth my sanity. So many things. So that's one thing for sure, I would say. And if that's if you're listening and you're like, well, it's not in the budget, well, find a way to make it in the budget if it's important to you. You prioritize what matters to you. You make what is worth it to you work. So I don't buy that excuse. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. What else do I outsource? So I wouldn't say, well, definitely. So I outsource some childcare, of course. I think that's crucial. We've talked about that a little bit. And again, if this is something that you're thinking, you're listening, and you're like, well, I don't know, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you want to start a business and you're like, how do I afford childcare when my business isn't making any money right now? Well, there are ways. There are ways. You know, find Find another mom who wants to swap with you a couple of days a week. And then, you know, you have a play date at your house twice a week and she has a play date at her house. You know, you, you can find creative ways to make this work. What else do I outsource? I wouldn't say I outsource this, but I've definitely gotten better at like owning less of the stuff at home. So like my husband and I, we were partners here. You know, and growing up in a more traditional environment, you know, that's not how I grew up and that wasn't natural for me, right? Or for him for that matter. So we've gotten to a place where like we definitely share more of the stuff at home. So I'm not feeling like I bear the burden of it all and he's hanging out. 
(laughs) So that's one thing, you know, you really got to get comfortable if you're in a relationship, if you're in a partnership, you know, getting to a place where you can ask for what you need specifically. Don't be vague. Don't be vague and then not get what you want and then be annoyed about it. (laughs) Ask for what you need specifically, you know, be nice about it. Understand, you know, your your partner isn't going to know what you need unless you like map it out and clearly, right? And relinquish some control too. You know, moms, we control a lot of things at home. Like think about it. We're like the ones making the grocery list. We're the ones deciding what's for dinner every day. Often, at least in my house, right? I know that's not the case for everyone listening, but like even to the point of like what toothpaste everyone uses, like you are making these decisions And it can be hard to step back and be like, I'm going to let someone else decide that. I'm going to let someone else do it, do the cleaning. I'm going to let someone else, right? And because you feel like you want to be in charge, you want to be in control of it. So get really comfortable. And that's not, I know that's a lot easier said than done. And there's a lot of work that comes with that, but you got to get comfortable kind of releasing some of that control. And then as far as like other things, like automation is big in my life. So I save tons of time just with like things like Amazon subscribe and save for things that we need on the regular that I don't even have to think about diapers, wipes, you know, all those things, automatic bill pay, right? Just like so many things that you can automate in this world. So automate, automate, automate is what I would say. Marissa, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Are there any other final thoughts and how can my listeners connect with you? Yeah. So the best way to connect with me is my website. It's mamaworkit.com. It's M-A-M-A, workit.com. And on there, you can sign up for my newsletter. I send a weekly newsletter on time management tips, biz management tips, all the things. And on my website, you can also book a totally free breakthrough call with me. So we'll spend 45 minutes kind of talking through what your challenges are, whether that mean that is in your day-to-day and how you're momaging your time and how you're momaging your biz, if you want to start a biz, all those things. So definitely connect with me there if you are interested in chatting further. And then on social, I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook on the handle Let Mama Work It. Awesome. Marissa, it's been a pleasure. Like I said, thank you so much and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mama's Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at NicoleGConsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out TheMotherhoodVillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.